Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. start doing the Saturday night show because Patrick will be joining us uh, about once a month on Saturday nights to help solve some computer problems. We'll just edit out the Wednesday and do a shouting Saturday! Saturday! S-A-T-U-R-T-A-Y Like the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Patrick. How are you today? How are you all doing? Good. I'm doing great. Well, and, and again, anyways, we should... I, we have to start with with a woohoo. Of right. course. And again, for anybody wondering, Patrick, uh, Dr. Patrick Crispin is Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine at USC. And before we get into all kinds of computer stuff, we want to bring it back to Southwest Airlines. We were talking earlier about Southwest Airlines. And Patrick, his wife Christine, and our grandson Joey, or Joseph. To, yes. be, to be formal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're supposed to be joining us this Friday. Yeah. Sadly, that ain't going to happen. Patrick, can you take us through a little bit of your Southwest <laughs> Airline experience? So we've been watching this from afar. We were planning to fly out, as, as Steve mentioned, on Friday. And the plane was going to go from Ontario, sort of Los Angeles area, to Phoenix, and then into Chicago O'Hare. And we kept hearing just nightmare stories about what was going on with Southwest, especially with baggage claim. And we tried to reschedule, but we couldn't actually find any schedule sites that we could get to. So we'd go to the Southwest website or said, we're down, or if we tried to make any changes, it just wouldn't allow mm-hmm. us to do it. And we kind of decided, you know, I just don't want to risk it. So we gave up our seat. So I kind of feel that, you know, we're giving up our seats for people who might have been trapped in the airport since before Christmas. Selfishly, I'm also saying that, you know, I'd rather not get halfway to the trip, you know, getting to Phoenix and getting stuck in Phoenix Mm -hmm. with no way back to Los Angeles, no way back to Chicago, no way to get a rental car because rental cars are gone. And our luggage, God knows where, because the pictures of what's going on with the luggage is just nightmarish. 
it's going to take Southwest a couple weeks to get back up to, to running. So and they're admitting that. The trip. Yeah, they are admitting yeah. it's going to take them that long. So at least you got to give them props for that. But to make it up to my son, we're taking him to Disneyland next week. So. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> but now let me bring it back to computers, because one of the first yeah. things when we talked with Patrick earlier this week, one of the first things you said, and this was even before it became a part of the news, you said, well, they have one of the most antiquated computer yes. setups in the industry. So this was nobody's secret and I, you can't answer this question, but why the heck didn't Southwest update their computer system? That would have solved a lot of these problems. Two reasons. One, it's really expensive. And two, anybody who's ever changed a system this big and this complex, it never works. You do an enterprise resource planning platform and you change from one vendor to another or from an in-house platform to another vendor, uh, it just doesn't work, and it's going to take years for them to fix this issue. I think the CEO is gone. I, I think he's going to be yeah. fired in this situation. Yeah, but, but, but when but, we're talking about the scheduling software, we're not talking about the, the, the software that moves the planes or what you and right, I see. Right. We're talking about the software that moves the pilots and the flight attendants. It knows where they are and moves them from point A to point B. What's shocking to a lot of people is that software is not really automated, doesn't really have a web interface for the pilots to go into. Um, and if you need to make a change, somebody has to go manually into the system and make the change. Now, how does it kind of scary? <laughs> I don't know how much you know about this, but how much does that differ from the software that other airline companies have? Hugely different. Most other airlines actually rely on an outside vendor to do it for them. Southwest does it in-house, which is shocking. It's okay for a small airline, but Southwest is such a huge airline. Yeah. Um, so this is this is unique for Southwest. It works for them because, again, Southwest system, again, they can't buy an off-the-shelf system that's used for United or Delta because United has the hub-and-spoke model where you have to fly to Chicago or you have to fly to Newark and then you change planes there and go to someplace else. The way Southwest goes is you have a plane that goes from Ontario, Los Angeles area, to Phoenix, to Bozeman, to Billings, to, you know, it just left and right across the country. There's no point to point for these things where there's any sort of predictability for the flights. Oh. It helps them keep their costs down. But if there's any nudge on the system, like the weather this last couple of days, and it sort of causes their scheduling system to say, I can't keep up while the other major mainline carriers have no problems catching up, Southwest is now left with their legacy software. And it's really hard. That's why Southwest canceled all the flights was, look, we got to get our breath back. We got mm -hmm. to get this thing cleared. So we're canceling flights because we have to. We just need to clean up. And it's going to take a, you know, I'm not sure they get, they get back until, you know, a week or two for now. Well, I think uh, it might have been Jordan. The CEO said probably late January they feel like yeah. they could get back into their rhythm and there would be some normalcy. Well, you know, you're talking a month from now. But but also, Patrick, I, I wonder, you said, you know, it would have been a, a huge deal to update the system. Would it have been any more of a huge deal 
than what we're dealing yeah. with right now. Yeah, and the reality is it wouldn't nearly have been as bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where I guarantee you the Southwest is going to make these changes. It's going to take them years to change this software. Um, I will want I'm, my six-year-old son, who is very much looking forward to coming to Chicago and, and cried his eyes out when he found out he couldn't come. But so did we. One of the things he said. One of the things he said many, many times was, "I tried to tell you, you should have flown United." <laughs> he did at six. Pa- Patrick is not making this up. He, he said, said Why? "You should have flown United on next Tuesday." That was. <laughs> <laughs> and when there was first rumbling that you might have to change, I, I remember what he said. Well, let's just call United. Let's just not wait. Now, now, now we should back up and and. For the assembled multitude who doesn't know, Joseph is an airline geek. He is plain obsessed. Oh, boy. Yes, he is. I'm not making this up. The three times this year that he's cried the hardest, I'm not making this up, had to do with Boeing. And and, and a six-year-old. One was when he found out that Boeing was moving its headquarters from Chicago to Virginia. Total meltdown. He thought this was the saddest news he ever heard. Because you guys would drive to the building and he would just look at the building. When we were in Chicago, he wanted to go drive by the the Boeing building. Yeah, and you went late one night for him to see the building. Yeah, the second time was when he discovered that the 747 was no longer being made for passenger cars. Passenger blades. Destroyed him. The third one (laughs) was I had to go to New York for a conference and I couldn't take him. He was heartbroken, not because he couldn't go to New York. He was heartbroken because he couldn't fly on United 787 Dreamliner, which is one of the things that he's always wanted to do. So much so, we bought him a United 787 Dreamliner model for Christmas. That was one of his Christmas gifts. And I asked him, what did Santa bring you? And he said, well, I got a Dreamliner. I was like, well, good. And sometimes... My kid is an AV geek. He loves yes. aviation. Oh, boy, does During he. The, yeah. During well, the pandemic, we would go down to... Uh, to Proudbird outside LAX and just watch planes land. Yeah. He loves that. And there have been a lot of times when uh, Joseph has been here in Chicago and we're standing outside of our house. Amazing. And he's looking up at the planes flying, and he's identifying by the tail the, the planes <laughs> the, as they're we, flying. What, the, the biggest one for me was, oh, that's that's Iberia. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's Iberia. Oh, yes, Gigi. Iberia has these colors. And okay, whatever you say, young man. <laughs> okay, m- more about uh, planes and, 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 and computers. Your, and your questions, because we're yeah. getting some people texting in with some very good questions. So if you've got questions for Patrick, you can text. You can call us 312-981-7200. This is our edition of Website Wednesday. We're talking with Dr. Patrick Crispin, Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine at USC. This is Website Wednesday. There is no such thing as a dumb computer question. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Post and Mastodon and a whole lot of other things, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Patrick, you can't see our, our screen with some of the texts that are coming in. Uh, Joseph has a lot of fans right now. Yes, and my favorite story, Patrick, is the a woman that texted and said her son was exactly like that when he was five years old. He had such a love for, uh, it was actually her grandson, had such a love for airplanes. He's now a freshman at Lewis University, and he got his pilot's license this summer. Oh, 
and thank you. Thank for the story. That's fantastic. And I should also say that we took my son to New York over Thanksgiving just so he could fly in a 787 Dreamliner <laughs> United delivery. <laughs> Just so he could fly yep. on that plane. All right. Well, uh, again, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> text coming in. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty was important. That's his favorite girl. Um, this question is for Patrick uh, regarding Internet security on smartphones. And the texter says, is Internet via mobile data more secure than Internet via Wi-Fi? Is it, mobile data, even pretty close to perfectly secure, assuming websites are using HTTPS? So any light you could shed That's on it. this. And, the, and it depends on what you're doing and what tools you're using. And really, whether you're using Android or iOS. Let me unpack that. If you're using your web browser and you're going to a secure site, something that begins with HTTPS, as the, as the texture said, it's relatively secure. There's nothing really to worry about. If you're using some apps and using a browser built into an app, there could be some concern about the security of what you're doing there. And know that you're being tracked and some of that data is being sold and and given away. They're not giving your credit card information, but they're tracking you as you go around the Internet. If you're using an iOS device, you are going to be more secure from that sort of tracking, or at least that sort of tracking is going to say, hey, do you want to be tracked? Apple gives you the option of opting out. On an Android device, it doesn't have those sort of robust privacy settings, but it's still a robust platform, and it's relatively safe. So as long as you're not going onto the dark web and you're not doing really nasty things, it's safe. I don't think it's safer than any other way that you would connect to the Internet. Hmm. But even I, if you're really concerned about it, I would recommend going through a VPN first. And you can sign up for a VPN, just do a Google search for VPN provider, or even talk to your a local internet service provider or your cable company and see if they offer VPN. And you can then connect to them, which is sort of a secure tunnel that makes it much more difficult for people to track you on the internet. And for, anybody, for, anybody, for anybody who doesn't yes. know, VPN is virtual private network. Yes. And iOS is iPhone operating system, correct? Yes, iPhone. Okay, yep. so iPhone versus Android. But even if you're using Android, aren't there some browsers you can use that will yes. give you a, a better encrypted form of Internet travel? Most of the, most of the modern name brand, browsers, name brand browsers are trustworthy out there. I will tell you that, there, and we'll talk about this in the new year, uh, there are some changes that are coming to Chrome that concern me, especially when it comes to privacy, to the point where I think I know a lot of Chrome users are going to be looking for the exits, even on mobile devices. Oh, hmm. interesting. You okay. tease you. It's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> Reason to listen to us on Saturday nights oh, can, in the new year. Yes. Uh, Steve, is DuckDuckGo what Duck, you Duck use? DuckDuckGo is, is what I use. Uh and Where you can just go about your business and you you are somewhat you, you don't get anonymous. Tracked, somewhat protected. Yeah, because yeah. so, right. you always have to qualify it. Yeah. Uh, at least at this point in time, uh, have you left Twitter yet, Patrick? Are you still on Twitter? I have not. I'm still on Twitter, but I'm eyeing the exits. I'm kind of I've, I've certainly cut down on the number of posts that I post on Twitter, but I'm. I'm concerned about the direction that Twitter is going. Um, 
it's troubling. What about you guys? Well, if anybody wants to look at the Stephen Johnny page on Twitter, you will see that we're not doing nearly, like you, we're not doing nearly as many posts on Twitter as we used right. to. There's Occasionally we'll put something up, but like you, we're eyeing the exits, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're going to be on Twitter um, very much longer. And I really, really liked Twitter when there was a a news event. Something was yeah. happening in yes. the world, and you got this instantaneous feedback from around the world. Yeah, you have to pick and choose you know, what you're going to buy into, but it was fascinating to see these stories develop on Twitter. And, and even if it wasn't a news event, we'd be, we'd be watching the Sox games. Yes. And yeah. on Twitter, Johnny's just following it. I'm with the Sox Nation on Twitter <laughs> as every play is being analyzed. And that was kind of exciting, too. And I don't see me doing that in the future. Uh, but there, there, I think that what, there are so many social media platforms out there. Everybody kind of describes Facebook as, you know, it's for your mom. TikTok is for your kids and the Chinese government. Instagram is for celebrities and narcissists and uh, people post <laughs> selfies of themselves. It really is. It's people posing selfies of themselves yep. with a Starbucks. And it's like, ooh, look, you have $5. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and Twitter really had been for Western journalists and for mm-hmm. politicians. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it was, in, and it still is, a very small social media platform. You know, the number of millions of average users of per year or per month is, is really low compared to any of the other ones out there. Elon Musk, as you probably have heard, bought Twitter, paid way too much in, in for it, uh, partly because he got tricked into it, partly because he thought it would be funny to pay fifty four twenty per share. Get it? Fifty four twenty? Get it? Get it? No. Uh um four twenty as in let's get four. Oh uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he paid fifty four twenty a share for a company that at the time was probably worth forty dollars a share and now it's worth maybe ten dollars a share. And drove, this is a company that makes its money from advertising, drove the advertisers away, is trying to do the, you know, where you do a subscription model, but that isn't going to cover the bills. Advertisers aren't going to touch it for a while. Is um, allowing some people who were banned to come back on. And a lot of people are looking for the exits. What has popped up, there are two ones. One is Mastodon. And Masteron is federated. What that means is instead of going to Twitter, where you go to Twitter.com and you log in and there's one Twitter site, Mastodon is federated. In other words, there are thousands of Mastodon servers all over the country, and you have to go sign into one that sort of matches your likes and what you believe in. I'm hitting the pause button because we have to take a quick break, but then we'll come back. We're going to talk about Mastodon and posts. And your calls and and your texts. And and I will just say that uh, the first day that Musk was at Twitter, we should have had a clue because there was this big picture of him. He walked in and he had a big toilet yeah. that he brought with him. A, a, whole, a toilet, that, not that, just That seat. should have been yeah. a clue about what was going to happen. Well, on a much brighter note, let's go over to weather and traffic with Gabe. Steve King and Johnny Putman in for Lisa Dent on WGN Radio. And we're talking with Patrick Crispin, uh, trying to solve some computer problems. And we got some people that have been uh, hanging on the line for a while. So let's jump to a, uh, a phone call or two, and let's go to uh, line one, and that would be... Uh, Elaine. Elaine. Hi, what can we help you with, Elaine? 
Hi, and it's so great to hear you on the radio. It's well, thank wonderful. you. Thank you. Um, I purchased an external hard drive. Never had one before. You know, not real smart with my regular computer, but I just need to know. I can just plug it in. I don't have to initialize it. Is that correct? I can just plug it in and start saving to it? As, as, as long as it's a name brand, absolutely just plug it in. Yeah. It will start working. In fact, most of this, uh, the external hard drive come with updated drivers for your computer, all the software you need to be able to set up set it up for backups, or you can ignore that software and just use it as a hard drive on your computer. They're, they're all over the place. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Samsung series, T7 series, external hard drives of solid straight. Even with a spinning disk, um, you're good, and it's, it's actually a really good idea to have a backup of your data. So having an external hard drive in your arsenal is a very smart idea. Congratulations, Elaine. Well, you did the right thing. I'm curious, uh, Elaine, what is it? That, did somebody tell you you needed this, or what prompted you to make the, no, the purchase? I, well, I'm, I'm getting all my pictures on my computer. Uh-huh. I've got all these camera pictures, you know, hard mm-hmm. copies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where are they going to go in 10 years? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to save as yep. many as possible, and my storage on my uh, laptop is just about full. Good move. So it's, I need a, to expand it's a very a smart bit. idea to have and a second backup for everything. So save it to your hard drive. If you can afford it, I would also think about getting yet one more backup, which would be an online cloud backup. I use Backblaze. Um, there's a, a whole bunch of different platforms out there. And what it does is it makes a copy of your files online that you can save. You can do it in Dropbox. You can do a box in a whole bunch of other places. But that way, if for some reason or other, there's a problem in your house, say that somebody breaks in the house and steals the computer and the laptop, your pictures are still safe because they're going to be online in a secure vault that you control. Hmm. Do we do that, Steve? Nope. That's what I thought. Well, now. See, if you'd come to Chicago, you could have set us up with that, Patrick. Golly. Well, Elaine, you did a good thing, apparently. Thanks for calling. Nice talking to you. I'm trying. You sure are. Tech is way over my head, but I'm doing my best. That's right. That's And remember, as we always say, you ain't, ain't born, born knowing, knowing this, this stuff, stuff, so take it easy on yourself. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up. Patrick, uh, just before we broke, you were starting to talk about uh, Post and Mastodon and, and some uh, yes. alternatives to Twitter. So Mastodon, the way it works is you have to find a server to get an account on. I recommend everybody get an account. They're absolutely free, but it's not like going to Mastodon.com and signing up. You have to find a Mastodon server. Do a Google search for Fediverse, F-E-D-I-V-E-R-S-E, because it's a federated universe, Fediverse. And you're going to find servers out there that you can then sign up to and get an account on. That's how you get on the Mastodon. It looks a little like Twitter, more like TweetDeck. It's not exactly like Twitter. It's not supposed to be like Twitter. It's a replacement. The thing that's really exciting to me is something called Post.News created by former Way CEO, Noam Bardeen. Um, I've seen it by, go ahead. No, I was going to say, back to Mastodon, because uh, people are asking one more time, Fedverse, F-E-D, just do a Google search for F-E-D, 
I V E R S E, Fediverse, as in Got Federated it. Universe. Got it. Got and it. What it does is it shows you all of the of the Mastodon servers, and you can go sign up for one. Say if you're interested in the White Sox, there might be a White Sox server, mm-hmm. or you're interested in Crochet, there might be a Crochet server. And then once you once you're on, you're in the Federated Universe. You can see all the posts from everybody else, but you just have your own little corner of the world. And uh, I also one of the browsers I use is Vivaldi which is a, yep. a really secure browser. Vivaldi just had an update, and part of that update is they have their own Mastodon server. Hmm. Yes. A lot which of people is kind of cool. Up, I will tell you, it's a concern for me in that everybody who stands up a server is opening themselves up to regulatory, regulatory compliance issues. They are responsible for the copyright that's posted on their site or the child sexual abuse materials, and if they're not monitoring that they could be opening themselves up so that's it's a concern it's sort of a club sport but you're playing a varsity game that's the reason why we don't see a lot of internet service providers anymore you know local internet service providers because the cost of dealing with copyright and some of these takedown notices is pretty compelling on the post news is the other one that's the one well, that really well, be, before we move to I, post oh, news <laughs> that, uh, let me jump in with something and you tell me if i've got this right for people who are wondering well okay if i go to the white Sox server then how do i connect with the other ones if i understand it correctly think of all of these servers as the united states yeah if you're in illinois that's your server you're connected but can you yeah. drive to california sure you can connect. Uh, you can connect and see everybody on the system. It's just you've got your own little thing. And I uh, said White Sox server. I don't know if the White Sox have a server, uh, but you just based, you'll have a server based on your interests that you can then join, and it then introduces you to other people in your community who might have like minded information right. mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. Now, post. post post was founded by the dude who gave us ways. Right. The dude gave us ways. And the thing that it's really meant to be a future news site. Eventually, the idea is, and I think we've all been on Twitter or any other place where we read an article and there's a link to an article. And it's like, oh, I really like to read that article. You click on the article and it says, this article is only available to our subscribers. Would you like to pay us $20 a month for the rest of your life to read this one article? And mm-hmm. everybody goes, no, and they leave. Post is supposed to deal with that issue. And what it's going to be is it allows you to read news articles without having to leave the site. And it allows you to actually pay or buy individual articles, where instead of paying $20 a month to read, you know, Fortune just for one article, you might pay a nickel or a dime or a quarter or something like that to read an article that you truly want to that truly interests you. Or if you read something and there's an original creator who's created something, you can send them a tip. So that's the whole thing. Post is still being built from the ground up. You can sign up at post.news. There is a long waiting list. Expect to be on the waiting list for a long time. They're taking their time. Hmm. When you come in, though, it's going to look a lot like Instagram in that it's a very clean interface. Just be aware, they're building this as we're talking. Mm -hmm. I was one of the first thousand subscribers to post, and the thing since I've ad, I've joined, I've just been exponential growth. But it's still a new site. I think it's the future of news, but it's not there yet. 
it's it's uh, but you can get there at mastodon or post are sort of things to look in your look to have just in case Twitter goes belly up or everybody is kicked off of Twitter or everybody <laughs> heads for the exits. <laughs> and I was in the waiting line for Post and I was just recently approved, so I'm going to start uh, checking that out. We should mention, <laughs> uh, a, a again, a blatant plug. I'm turning on the blatant plug light that when we start to do our Saturday night show that Patrick Crispin will be joining us once a month on Saturday mm-hmm. nights. And we will uh, try to solve some of your computer problems in the wee hours of the morning. And I have an assignment for you, because the texter said, Patrick, could you give us a general overview of good computer practices? And that's some real basic information. We used to do that every mm-hmm. Wednesday night, talk about some basic stuff. So maybe we can get together a list, and we'll we'll talk about that when you, you join us for the first time in January, Patrick. Thank you so much. Fab Five's no longer going to work. That's right. Yeah. That's the Fab Five. You're right. Oh, we, I could say that in my sleep. Uh, thank you so much. And a hug our boy for us. And we will talk thank to you, you in January. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Patrick.